Excellent. Yes. Welcome to the Remarkable Life Podcast. I'm your coach and host, Karen Gillen, and we have a guest today. She's an Enneagram six, but she'll tell you all about that. Oh, what happened? I need to mute myself over there. Okay. New thing I just learned. Mute your YouTube if you're podcasting while going live on YouTube. Okay. Smart. Okay. Kristen, will you introduce yourself to our lovely audience of remarkable humans? Yeah. I'm Kristen Messagy, life coach for sixes. Actually, I'm a six and I coach sixes. Client of Karen's for over three years now, if you can believe that. Um, what else do I want people to know? I have two kids, I'm married and I really like my life. So we're going to talk about it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about being remarkable is I think it's a little bit of a, um, terrifying word for some people. Oh, totally. And we don't want to identify, like, I would never say I'm a remarkable human. (laughs) Like you're never going to catch me saying that. Making my notes for this. I was like, I don't think I can be this like proud of myself publicly. Right. Cause it's not like I don't also have the other side. I like that. We're focusing on this side. Yeah. Right. Because so I just most want of... to be clear. This isn't like all of me, this remarkable bit. <laughs> right. But most of the time that we spend in our own minds is like with the unremarkable parts of ourselves yeah. Yeah. that honestly probably are remarkable as well. In my opinion, I agree. But I think it is good to highlight like, oh, there are all these things about me and my experience and my version of humanity that is worth remarking about or on. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah. Okay. So I want to start this with a question. So I watched um, the first couple episodes of the morning show that's back out on Apple TV. Excellent. And Jennifer Aniston has an interview with... Esther Perel. And the question they asked stopped me in my tracks because it feels like it's so much about the work I want to do in the world. Do you know the question? I watched this last night. So here's the question for you. What is the difference between not being dead and being actually alive? Oh, okay. My brain and mind and heart are exploding a little bit because I feel like this is the whole game. Yeah. Uh, okay. To me, the answer is being connected to like the generative drive in me, like knowing what I'm working toward Mm -hmm. as opposed to all the things I could be looking at to fix. So it's focusing on, and this is something you taught me years ago that I took to heart and now do with all of my clients is know your values. Amen. So when I'm oriented to my values, I'm, I feel like I'm being driven as opposed to just getting by and surviving and which we got to do too. Yeah. Yeah. But that to me is the difference. Like, am I connected to what 
makes me feel alive? And then am I willing to put in the work to create those experiences? Because they don't just seem to happen, at least for me. Right. And I, I think I like the question too, where they were posing it like post pandemic, when we all were in that zone of like, I'm here to protect life, mine, the life of my family, hopefully my family members who live far away. And then we're back in the phase where we can go after it again. And how many of us are stuck in the habit of like staying in our house and not doing the things that actually light us up. It's so true. It's such a good point. And even this far, far out, I guess, from like the thick of it. Right. I, and most people I know are still trying to put that back together. hundred percent. Because we're choosing it again too. Right. So it's like, do I even want Yes. what I had going on? Yeah. It's almost like too much choice. Like we didn't know because we're <laughs> right. all, we so often are, you know, robotic. Right. In our lives. Yeah. So what do you think is the most remarkable everyday remarkable or big time remarkable thing that you have done? that is values aligned lately to be more alive. You know, what came into my head. So I got coaching from you this just last Monday, um, about my marriage, which I don't know that even in all the time we work together, never, we've never done that. We've never done that. Mm -mm. And so my kids are becoming teens and it's this huge transition in the family. And I can feel the fear and the like, ugh, like I, cause I'm aware that we're kind of in a new, um, birth canal season, right. We're like mm-hmm. squeezing a new thing. Mm-hmm. There's this friction in my marriage that I just don't normally experience. And so being vulnerable enough to get that coaching, um, cause I was like, I'm going to forge this thing we're going through. Um, so I don't totally remember the question, but that was my answer. Yeah. You're going to forge something. Yeah. And if you think I'm about that, face, yeah. face the fear instead of just sort of succumbing to it. Cause I know if I come get coached, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, Kristen, you're right. He's really not doing it. <laughs> like that's not <laughs> right. Not what we do. Right. Yeah. But like just- orienting to what can I do? How can I impact this? How can I be in my own sense of myself? And to forge is to really lead and create and craft. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Leadership position. Right. Exactly. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I want to know when I asked you to be on here and talk about being remarkable and your remarkable life and what makes, because I think this is a super individual thing. I could have 500 interviews and everybody will tell me a different story and what it means to them. And it will all be perfect and amazing. Yep. So what's yours? What's my story? Ask it again. What's your remarkable? Remarkable. Mm -hmm. What's my remarkable? Okay. I actually wrote some things down. One of the things that I think is remarkable just about how I'm wired is I get so excited about small things. Like I really delight in small things and my brain makes very interesting connections all of the time. And I delight in those. Mm -hmm. So I really, give us an example. Oh gosh. Let me think. Just, I, I really have a very generative, positive meaning maker. So with my kids, for example, everything they're going through right now 
is so interesting and important to me. I drop my daughter off in the morning and I see these middle schoolers. They're just in the shit of life. Yeah. And I'm so inspired by them, right? As they're sitting outside the school and they're all like, they're so awkward. They're so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look at them doing the hard thing, right? They showed up to middle school today. That's harder than anything I'm going to do today. (laughs) Like on most days. Right. And I don't know, just like letting myself feel that like inspiration. And even though I know they're all having a terrible time. So I make positive meaning from hard things is just part of my makeup. And I, I don't know that you can even buy that. I feel like that's remarkable. I feel like that's what I'm trying to do so often to help my clients get some of that. And so to have that on board as a, like a feature of my personality feels really special. Yeah. You don't take any responsibility for that. You think it came baked in? Such a good question. I feel like I nurture it. So I do feel like it came kind of baked in, Mm -hmm. but I really do nurture it. I pay attention to it. I value it. It's very important to me. Right. Yeah. And I think we all have, I think then it's like, whatever's happening, I can make somehow. Okay. Even in like the hardest stuff, which I know happens in life. Yeah. So So when someone, when someone has you do an exercise or whatever, it's like, uh, look at all your failures. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have any, or that's an interesting question because I used to, I would have said no in the past. I would have yeah. said it's all, and I have done some, I mean, many <laughs> other people could look at my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, mm. So I don't think I would have said that. The thing that trips me up there is parenting my kids in the early years. I've had to work hard to, I would say, make peace with those years. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the ways that I blew my life up when I was young and the ways that I didn't follow a traditional path in like a career way, all those things, relationship struggles. I don't consider any of those failures. Yeah. I love at that. All. Yep. Yeah. I have the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, grist, grist for the mill. <laughs> right. Bunch of learning. Everything got better. Yeah. But I, and I also have one of my strengths is empathy. It's like an actual strength. And I, that's for me, this is another thing you taught me that was like, is your strengths are for you too, not just you out in the world. Right. They're for you, the person. And so when you taught me, that was one of those moments. This is the other thing that I think is remarkable about me. I'm open to like those mind blowing moments. Like mm-hmm. I'm willing to have my whole deal kind of exploded. Blow and that was one of those moments. And I was like, what? So right. my empathy being for me, I see that when I look back. Nice. I'm like, I make sense. Of course you did all that. Right. Of course you were like that. Like, of course you did. Yeah. It helps me so much. Yeah. So she's talking about the Clifton Strengths Finder yeah. and your top five strengths and you had all those five strengths and you thought these are for me to serve the world and you left Which, yourself out. Yeah. And I literally was like bawling. Yeah. You were coaching me and I was like, it's so hard. And you said offhand as you are want to do, well, your strengths are for you too. And I literally had one of those moments where I was like, what? Oh, cause then you said, tell me that story <laughs> gives me chills. <laughs> and I did. I was like, 
And there was yeah. this powerful story about how my strengths had actually served me too. Right. I love it. Yeah. It's a good moment. Yeah. What do you think is the most mundane, remarkable thing about you or your life? Oh, I feel like my life is so boring on, on, on paper. Mm -hmm. It's so boring. I work from home. I walk the dog. I get the kids up, go to school. We don't have a ton of activities. My kids are not overscheduled. We are not overscheduled. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't do a lot of things. We do like big things. Like we'll mm -hmm. go on trips in our RV, but like on a day-to-day -day life, I feel like my life is so boring. Okay. So you have it how you want it. You have it scheduled out dialed in the way you like to live. Scheduled, it's just really boring. I get to be home alone all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I do whatever I want. Um, we created is, this. Yes. Yeah. I totally created this. Yeah. But I feel like on paper, it's like, wah, wah. why? I mean, why would we care about paper? Well, You're I, <laughs> yeah. I guess I do feel a little judgy when I look, I'm like, well, what, this is what you want to do. I'm like, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So you have a life where you decided you wanted to do something a certain way and then you've created it and now you're living it in the most boring and beautiful fashion. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Which, which is remarkable. Like this is all of your design. And it is very internal. I mean, I'm very focused on my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my friends, like those things that aren't they're not visible, but they're the most important things to me. So I spend yeah. so much energy in those arenas. Yeah. I don't know why I think that's boring. I guess I just think it is. Is it aligned? Oh, totally. Yeah. Mundane, I guess was the question. Yeah. I think those things are mundane, but yeah. to me, it's like where life comes alive. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting to think about is drama remarkable or is it just drama? Right. Cause we do talk about things that are dramatic a lot, but oh gosh. in terms of everyday remarkability, it sounds like you're kind of nailing it. Yeah. It's interesting you say that though. Cause I feel like inside my head is so dramatic that it's like, yeah. So structurally I do like a fairly calm. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's enough going on up here. Yeah. Plus, there's a lot of energy needed to do, um, what we do for mm -hmm. work especially now that I have my own podcast, there's so much body work in being that exposed, how it feels for me. Yeah. So I really take care of myself yeah. a lot because there's so much um, terror around that level of exposure for me. Yeah. I like that you call it exposure. It's such a pointed word. Yeah. That's how it feels like. Yeah. Hey. Here I am. Here yeah. I am. Right. So your life is really set up to work for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I know that you brought a list of notes today and I'm curious what's next on your list. Okay. So we talked about, you know, remarkable in the everyday. And so I thought about what is it? And there's a couple of beliefs I hold that I think we already kind of unearthed. And then things that I automatically do that I think make my day-to-day -day life remarkable. Like I'll, you said, Hey, I'm going to do this series on my podcast. And I was like, I'm going to do that. Like yeah. I jump at every interesting opportunity 
and then mm -hmm. think about it later. But I think that's part of why my life is the way it is. Because I leap into things that sound interesting, but are probably actually scary for me. That's mm -hmm. why I'm a coach. So the fear comes after. Yep. And I know it's coming and it's okay. okay. Oh, because the other belief I have that I do think makes my life remarkable is that I know I can feel any feeling. Mm -hmm. Which is something we talk about in coaching circles. But what does that actually mean to a person on the street? Okay. It means that I don't let the fear of feeling stop me from doing what I want to do. But that means Whether you can that... do absolutely anything. Ultimately. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think okay. that's remarkable. That is remarkable. Did I ever tell you that I was in a um, Barnes and Noble? It's a few years ago. And all of a sudden I was filled with this feeling. I am the adultiest adult in this building because I know how to feel feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a remarkable life skill. Right. That we 100% take for granted, I think, in life. And you work with a lot of people. What do you, like people who are unwilling to feel feelings in general or have certain feelings that they're unwilling to step up to the plate for, yeah. what are the ways that they because people might not understand what you're saying, but they might understand the avoidant behaviors. Like what are the things right. people do to get out of them? I mean, it's endless. It's endless. Are you going to have that hard conversation with a friend, a spouse? Are you going to try to get a new job that you hate? Are you going to, I mean, I feel like the examples are so endless. I don't even know. I feel but like what? it's everything. What are they what are doing? you not doing are they that eating? you would do if you weren't scared? Yeah. But what are they doing in the meantime? Telling the story. Like I think about the story of like, I don't want to rock the boat. And so what are you doing instead of rocking the boat? Are you eating ice cream? Are right. you watching Netflix? Are you like, what are the other things you see people do instead of, of tell the truth? A lot of complaining about other people, I think is probably the number one, oh. really believing that other people are the reason not yeah. saying other people don't impact us in all kinds of ways. Right. But yeah, really a focus on other people being the reason they can't X, Y, Z, or if these people would, right. then I could. And then the flip side of that, which is more painful to me is really just beating themselves up. So, so it's turning of, aggression outward or inward. That's exactly it. Yeah. As opposed to just feeling whatever feelings could be present. Yep. Yeah. So knowing you can feel feelings, I truly believe is a superpower. Yeah. Particularly, you know, I don't know, out here being a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just... a roller coaster. Right. Yeah. So yeah. To me, that's a remarkable superpower. So the moment yeah. I realized I could do it, I was like, oh, it felt like something had truly changed in my life. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it's still, it's not like I don't have to prove that true all of the time. It's not right. like, oh, I learned how to feel feelings. Now I don't have to feel feelings all the time. Right. You still have to step up to the plate. Yeah. And being open to that internal roller coaster that at least I have going on. Which is such a, like potentially a myth of change work is that the aha moment means you're done. <laughs> it's 
it's like, it actually means that was the moment of clarity. And then it's decide, commit, decide, commit, decide, commit until it becomes rote, which takes a while. Decide, commit, feel. Oh, right. I, I always read feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but that piece of it is mm-hmm. just, but you said it exactly right. I think the myth of what change work is, yeah, is so cruel. Yeah. This is what's like so fun about going to those in-person events and the big stages and like the big ahas and those awakenings you have. And then you go home and you're two weeks later, it's like, it never happened. feels so good in the moment, but how do you bring those big changes home with you? I think is big work. So at my coach training, I did in-person coach training and I know, you know who this is, Bev Aaron. Yeah. She was my in-person trainer and I was feeling the feels of course, cause we're all, ah. She grabbed me by the shoulders and she goes, listen, these are baby thoughts that you have right now. These feelings that you're having, these thoughts you're having, you feel so good. These are babies and you have to get out of here and nurture them because you're going to go home and your life is going to destroy them. And I was like, what is happening? But I'm so thankful that she said that because as soon as I walked in my house, I felt it. Yeah. No. (laughs) they're after me, (laughs) (laughs) but she planted that seed. And I was like, okay, it's my job to nurture what I, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's when I think about like capacity for change and how Mm. we all like, it's like a, Oh, a new diet program flows by your consciousness or like a way of organizing your bookshelf. And we're all like, good idea. Good idea. Good idea. Let's do that. Let's like put it on the pin board, save it on the Instagram. I'm going to be that person with that life. But right now I already have an overfull life. And the thing that feels so remarkable to me about the life that you've created is there's space in it. Mm. Well, you you taught me I needed that. Thanks. (laughs) But how do you deal with your own capacity? And like, so you've got the increasing need of having teenagers in your home and you're making even more space for that. But like, what do you do when a shiny object comes that maybe wasn't on the plan? Like, do you know how to define what you have capacity for? I mean, I very intentionally do that work. That's a huge part of the work I do. And it's also probably why I said my life's quote boring on paper is because I don't do a ton Mm -hmm. because I'm pretty aware that I have limited capacity. I'm pretty aware that I have energy limits. I'm becoming more and more aware that I have executive functioning challenges. So I take all that very seriously and I don't use it against me. This is the other thing that's remarkable in my life. I do not use tools against myself. Say I will not. Okay. So, so many examples. Let's say we're thinking um, just something simple. Like if we're talking about thoughts, create feelings, which let's just go with it for a second even if we don't necessarily think that's true. So many brains will say, that means if I'm feeling bad, I'm thinking something wrong. Mm. So that's just one example. But I work with people and I'm a person who could take anything of value and turn it on myself. Right. And I absolutely have a commitment to not do that. So when I learn things about myself that are hard, or things that I need to work harder at, like this executive functioning stuff, that doesn't, I'm not letting that be a problem. Mm -hmm. 
like, oh, okay, this is me. This is hard. That means I'm going to have to structure things differently. And this has not been like an easy. So this is like, you get a, you get information. You're like new neutral information, recalibrating, and you move forward without layering on judgment. To the best of my ability. Yeah. And capacity limits are really hard for me because I like to think that I can do a lot more than I can. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anyone else who feels that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's humbling. Yeah, it is. But here's another thing too. The more like genuinely humble I get, which is a real struggle. Um, I would say the easier it is to say no. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to be everything for anybody. Right. Not even these kids, which are the two that I, you know, and my husband who I want to be the most for. Right. Like I only can do what I can do. Right. Yeah. That in itself feels like a really big deal. It's a huge deal, especially as a coach who I had a real savior complex when Mm. I started. It was intense. Part of it is because I truly believe I can help. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good thing. But then am I aware of my limits and how helpful I can be? Right. Something you really helped me with. And then, and then not using that against myself. Right. That we're not here to be all the things for all the people. Yeah. Which is really easy to say. Right. A tougher deal to actually know. Right. Yeah. And be okay with. Mm -hmm. Especially when like overgiving and all that stuff is maybe a way to create safety inside and Mm -hmm. certainly a lot of girl programming around that. All those things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It really seems like you have something figured out here. Can you bottle? I feel like I have a couple things figured out. Yeah. I'm really, and I celebrate that. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. The other thing I think is remarkable about me. It's just this connection. I feel every personality test I get, uh, spiritual and strength. It's the, um, like yeah. it's connection. It's like real spiritual strength. Mm-hmm. And I really value that. I, what I make that mean is I'm very open to paradox and to not understanding and to not being attached to right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're willing to be uncertain all the time. Yes. Which in my group of people that I coach is the opposite. So I, I literally feel like that's why I'm sort of made to help them because I genuinely sit in a place of, I don't know. (laughs) And not the, like, I don't know that hurts me. Right. But like, I don't know. So I'm pretty open to what actually is going on for you? I don't know about you, but I sure am excited to help you figure it out. Right. And so I don't know, that feels that like real sense of capacity for uncertainty. Uh, yeah. feels remarkable and kind of like a, like a pin, like, yeah, that's good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. important. It is important because we're humans. Yeah. And we don't know. And we don't know. I think we know so little. Yeah. And we don't have to. 
Right. Right. Which feel, I felt that in my cheeks as you reflected it back. Cause my brain's like, but don't we, no, I don't <laughs> no. think we do. No certainty sure feels nice, but it isn't the answer. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Let me see if I had anything else that was seemed super important. I wanted to say, Oh, the other thing that I think is remarkable that I try to do in my life are actual practices. And this, I would say is my area for opportunity. Okay. I'm not great at really doing things regularly that I know help me, but things I know that are really, really useful that I think are remarkable is dancing. Like I never get too far from dancing in my home only very frequently. Why, like why are you doing times this? A week because I want to live in my body. I want to be really connected to my body. And I want to be able to move energy through my body. I don't, things can get real stuck and stagnant. Mm -hmm. And I just believe in dancing as a way to move things through. Yeah. Especially since my job is sitting basically, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So dancing, which is closely connected with like fun and laughter. How do you practicing? So you're creating opportunities on a regular basis to that kind of force you into laughing, whether you want to or not. Yeah. I try that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think it's so, uh, it's like that break. Sometimes the nervous system needs to snap out of something. There's right. so many ways to do that. Laughter is one of them. Super right. important. And the other one is meditating. And I kind of mean like all day meditating. I'm always watching my thinking. How do you do that? What is it? How does it look for you? So habitual. I hardly even know how to describe it. I just watch my brain. And the reason I do it is because I do not want to believe my automatic thinking ever. Mm -hmm. I want to choose my thinking. Very important to me. High value. So it means I always just have to be watching it. Like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, brain. Oh, so I, I think I'm having ongoing conversations with my brain all of the time, which gives me like a healthy dissociation from the thoughts that just appear. Right. Okay. So, so your mind's eye is always working. Yeah. Okay. And then you're having these conversations with yourself in your head, that internal dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. But I try Why? to have be encouraging and helpful and useful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As opposed to the automatic dialogue that might appear in one's brain. Right. I mean, all of the things that you've brought up so far really all point to like being ready and willing and able. Yeah. Like if the thing comes up, that's the thing you want to say yes to. You have the practices and the mindset and the capacity to say yes to the things you want to say yes to. Yeah. I think that's what I'm striving for. That's yeah. the reflection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which is great. Like there are people who keep their lives so jam packed that one extra thing literally could be the straw that broke the camel's back, but I don't see that anywhere near your life. No, I will say that that does, it feels like a necessity. I mean, obviously there's a lot of choice there, but it feels like a necessity because an email from the school, right? my kids' schedules can take me out. Like right. the, 
the need to manage other people's whole deal, especially as it's ramping up. Yeah. Is so intense. Like this week, there's things before school and after school. And I'm like, this is my, it starts to feel like this is too much. <laughs> so I have to really like stop and practice expanding and opening my capacity and then scheduling time to actually focus on those things that make me want to jam my eyeballs out, mm-hmm. which is managing their schedule. Yeah. So yeah. it feels like a necessity. Yeah. So when you're 82 and you're looking back at this point of your life, what do you mm. think she's going to think is remarkable about what you've created here? Oh, that's such a good question. I just think she's going to be so happy that I learned how to love instead of be scared all the time. Look at that answer. I didn't find that anywhere in what you said before. Yeah. I just think like I, the way that I feel toward my kids and my husband And it's not how I felt when they were little. It was like fear and terror and scared. And, you know, this is going to go and you're doing this wrong. It was bad. And I've crafted connection and love for these people. And I'm so happy about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Mm -hmm. It feels really good. Yeah. Not that one didn't come easy, but what, I don't know. There's something about, okay. I'm curious your thoughts on this. You've heard love is a verb. Yeah. It's an action. And I think there's something to that, but something I really learned through coaching was love is a feeling. Yeah. And I really like that better because when I feel love and I think this is work for people. I think the patriarchy wants you to believe love is an action. Oh my gosh. That is so good. Yes. <laughs> because it sure works better for a lot of people if we all work for it all the time, <laughs> but love requires nothing. It requires nothing. Yeah. It and just when gets I to be. feel it, I can say hard things. I can be mushy gushy. I yeah. can be, there's like, it's like the thing that wants to happen can't as you would say can happen if I can find that heart space right because for me the the second there's actual love trust is super easy and like if you have both of those like then you can do anything but you don't have to (laughs) right if you want to right right but just coming just come at the world from love and trust And I understand there's a lot of reasons why not everyone can do that. Oh my gosh. So many. It's a privilege to get to be in a body that can hold both of those things at the same time. That's well said. But man, that doesn't mean it's not something to work toward. Right. Even though it's hard. I think the thing that like grates on me more than anything is when people say, oh, but it's hard. I'm like, that is not a complete sentence. (laughs) Why not? It's hard. And because it is hard. I mean, man. Yeah. Even yeah. orienting to goodness. Right. Is hard. Yeah. We can do it. Right. Especially because Absolutely. the world is so the world, right? Like there are a lot of hard things that it would be well worth our effort to even go toward them. Because we don't want to be in the situation where we don't 
or where the majority of us aren't willing to. That's it. Yeah. That that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I think we see kind of what that looks like. Right. When we don't have a lot of people oriented <laughs> by love and trust, I think we have a good view. Yeah. When fear rules, right? Like if there's two motivations, love or fear, right? We have to choose which one we're coming from and we can flip flop between both of them. Yep. But if you want to be conscious about your life, choose to come from the motivator of love. That doesn't you mean you're coming that, at right? 100% your kind of pillars. I do too. I do too. Yeah. And then to not get mad at ourselves when we notice we've been acting in fear or coming from fear or fear has been running the show. I think that's the key. So that would be yep. one of those don't use anything against you. Yep. Just know that there actually is a choice. And so how do we find the levers that help us shift more toward love? Right. Fear. Yeah. And you're doing a lot of work in your life to hold space for you to be able to grab a lever and notice that it's there and notice that you have the power to move it. And that is remarkable. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. Mm -hmm. Should we close with that? That was good. Yeah. Let's close with that. Okay. This was so fun. Yeah. Thanks for being here and for sharing. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Delightful as always. Delightful as always. <laughs> All right. We'll put up the episode soon. I'll put, I'll put the links for all your things in there so people can find oh. you, check out your work and your podcast and see what's up if they're in Enneagram six. That is awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Talk Thank soon. You.